1: Good morning, everyone. You are listening to the Master Gardener Hour. I am Kate Copsey, and we talk all about gardening of all different sorts, and I'm the host of the show. I'm an active Master Gardener and have kept my certification over a decade through three, six different states, or six states. Um, And you can contact me from my webpage, katecopsey.com, or through America's web radio station site. If you have any questions about something in your garden, please post it on our Facebook page and maybe we can answer the questions on the air. This morning, we are going to continue in the gift-giving theme and today we are going to talk books that are a great standby and I think are enjoyed by pretty much everybody. And so we're going to talk with Rochelle Greer. Good morning, Rochelle. Good morning. Yes, and you're up there in... Uh, Massachusetts, and you have been designing gardens since uh, around 2002, um, including a, an award-winning uh, bronze medal from the Royal Horticultural Society Hampton Court Palace Show. That is a great place to to go exhibit. Um, but you started out life literally as a rocket scientist. Um, what happened? <laughs>
2: Well, <laughs> I um well I I've always been a gardener. Um I grew up um as the daughter of um serious gardeners and um and they are the children of serious farmers in the West and ranchers. And so um you know our connection to the land has always been very strong, but um I wanted to be an astronaut and I went to school um to 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 do that and I I, I never really made it there, but I did make it as far as um, working on f eighteen flight simulators and and helping to launch satellites and um, all kinds of things Ooh, fun. and um, <laughs> yeah it was um it was a lot of fun but um i I kind of burnt out and um and and then I went to the Chelsea Flower show one day and it all kind of lined up that i I thought I needed a change and I was I had, never, I had never really considered gardening as a profession or design or any of that, and I, um, I saw that it could be at that show, and um, that, was, that was the moment of, um, of, of it, really, that fall. I, I went to, I enrolled in school, and, and, and I, I've been a landscape designer
1: ever since. And, and so you did your, your basic training then over in the UK, is that right? I did, in London, yes. Yes, um, and I, I find gardens in England, um, obviously coming from there, they, they've they got such a, some of the older ones that are still there, and they've got just that subtle difference, and I think it's to do with the climate as much as anything else, because they don't get searing hot summers except once a decade, maybe. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, so, so was that a difficult transition, going from being American um, and then go, going over to England and, picking up the the landscape side there with all those different sorts of plants and then trying to bring that back into the U.S. and designing Um, over here?
2: Yes and no. Um, I think um, so when I went to that school or decided that I wanted to go to that school, there was this interview sort of portion before I uh, was accepted in as a student. And um, I remember uh, Simon Pyle, who who worked there at the time, he he asked me about my plant knowledge, and I, I felt... Kind of cocky, actually, like, oh, I know all kinds of things, and um, <laughs> <laughs> I quickly realized how small my palette of plants really was, coming from you know Colorado where and 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 sort of the high altitude um, of of denver and 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 you know there 's just a very limited sort of thing, and I, I really had no idea. The, the vast amounts of plants that you could grow in a climate like England. so you know I felt I felt confident which was quickly dashed but um, um, but I learned so much and so you know I, I've um, y- y- I think here we, we you know we have such these variant sort of climates across the United States that our plant palates tend to be with maybe the exception of like the Pacific Northwest,
1: much more limited so in in that way it's kind of easier. <laughs> <laughs> well and anyway we're going to be chatting about uh, different sorts of books for gardeners and I think they make great gifts for almost any gardener regardless of whether they're beginners or experts um, in the field you know some some of them have got niche likes and and whatever so so as a garden designer isn't it reflected in your library of books um are they kind of primarily landscape based
2: i have a huge variety um i have um all kinds of things i, I have some that are extremely technical um you know that that are um you know, about things like graphics, landscape graphics, um, natural swimming pools, um, time-savored standards for landscape architecture, things that kind of really, um, you know, nuts and bolts and nitty-gritty sort of, uh, how to, how to do things or measurements and that kind of thing. Um, but then I, I have things on the other end, um, like charming little things that I can't help but pick up, um, you know, that are just cute or, um, I was a big fan of Dermot Gavin Um, when I lived in London. I just thought his design work was was always so kind of fantastical. And so I have a bunch of books by him just because I find they kind of get me thinking down a completely different path if I need some inspiration. And so, yeah, I have a huge range.
1: Yeah. and I, I think my mind go, goes pretty pretty much from one side to the the other um and i noticed in the the list that that you you gave me there was one called uh, let me see it was 5 minute 5 minute landscaping designs or was it con- concrete concrete garden projects that was it um which is a f- 5 minute um which was an easy one uh, to understand i guess
2: yeah, it's um well I, I think I was saying uh, the concrete garden projects um I just I thought I think it's just such a pretty book. It's uh I think it's actually written by a Swedish author. Um I don't remember off the top of my head, but it's it's just all projects uh, um that you can do with concrete in the garden. But the one that I was saying a 5-minute read was uh one called Pay dirt which um I just another kind of it was a very quick read, but I I picked it up because um it's it, it's it's this book. The idea of making money at uh, from your garden at the local farmers market, and um, I run a farmers market, so and I have a big garden, and so I, I'm like, oh, this is a curious idea, you know. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and actually, that is one that I actually had as well. Um, it really is a it's a simple little book, but I think if anybody uh, wants inspiration for growing for a market um, everything from flowers to market gar- gardens and those niche things like mushrooms and things and ha- the nuts and bolts of how much you need and and wh- how to organize it so that you're there for the right um, the right season and i don't i don't remember now whether it said picking the right um farm market for your for your goods and how to get into them but i i seem to remember it was a very very easy to read book and very nuts and bolts of if you want to do this this is uh, how to do it.
2: Exactly. No, that's exactly how it is. I, I, it's a, yeah, it is a very easy read and kind of quick. And and I found it interesting personally because um, you know I'm on the other side, being a manager of a market and kind of you know always looking for vendors and and um, and vetting vendors and that kind of thing. So yeah, it was very. I, I thought it was good. Um, it, it kind of. Um, I thought it was not only uh, practical, but had you know, kind of some a little bit of inspiration in like thinking beyond um, you know your garden just for you know maybe your own sort of leisure. You could
1: you yeah. know, make and and how more how how to make a little bit of money from the garden exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah and, and and some of the people because I, I actually sold um herbs on a um, a farm market for many years, and uh you know one of the ladies that was always one of the most popular ones was a flower shop and and she yeah. used to make these most amazing designs by just sticking four or five blossoms together. And I've got no design talent at all. <laughs> so it used to just amaze me. You know, for three bucks, you could buy yep. this. But her truck was just full uh, yep. of, of flowers. It was just beautiful. Um, so, um, but anyway, um, you know, I, I think some of the books that, um, you know, that I've got in in my li- library are kind of um, historic uh, topics, uh, particularly thing, things like uh, Penelope Hobhouse's, the, the story of of gardening and the gardens of uh, Persia, are beautiful books. And those, do you have any historic um, emphasis on any of yours? Because landscape design obviously goes back quite a way.
2: Uh, yeah. Well, I do. I have. Um, I have uh, one of um, these Rosemary Berry's, um garden plans. That's one of my favorites. I always find um, these really. Um, nice ideas in there. I like the way that one um, it actually has plans, planting plans throughout the whole thing, um, that you can kind of you know, if you're if you love a particular plant, sort of get ideas for what to pair it with and and what would Rosemary Berry have done. Um, and then um, I also have um, um, this one by Beth Chatto, uh which I, I guess I don't know if you consider those historic. Oh, but she, I
1: do, um. she she did a shade garden book, if I remember rightly, Beth Cato. Yeah, this yes. one
2: that I have is called the Green Tapestry, which I also get a lot of planting and in, inspiration from. I'm um, um, trying to think what other sort of historic ones do I have? A gift, a, 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 when I was writing my book um, uh, last year. Um, I, I just love old books, just to kind of see what people are thinking um, in another time. Uh, uh, he gave me, it was, a, it was somebody who I featured in the book, and uh, when I went to photograph his garden, he he's a antique and, and sort of um, antique dealer, basically, and he gave me this book called Flowers in History by Peter Coates. Um, I'm not sure when it was published, but... Um, it looks like 1970, but it's, um, it's really charming about all these kind of, um, different, it's just history of, of various flowers, roses, different things, and how they, you know, um, just stories, basically, of them, you know, sort of weaving
1: flowers through historic stories in general. Very good. And and I think that's the difference between a lot of the older books and the modern books. The modern books I tend to to think of as being how-to varieties, whereas those Mm -hmm. older ones, although they were giving you an overall, it was more you must do it this way or I find this, and if you do it that way, you're going to forget it (laughs) type of thing. That's true, actually.
2: (laughs) You're right. I don't see too many new books kind of... um, and maybe it's just what will sell. I'm not sure, but yeah, you don't see too many that are um, that step terribly far away from the how-to sort of
1: <laughs> yeah. and, directive, and and they're much easier to read. It's almost like reading a magazine for each different chapter, r- rather than as I say that the how-to type of thing. Um, so I, f- I find uh, some of the older authors are re- really. Um, there are more stories about a particular topic like the compost. He, one, one I'm remembering from one book was he was turning the compost and he liked compost in spring and this is how he did it. <laughs> oh, it, yeah. Yeah. Just kind of a story about his compost, you know, whatever. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so, but, but anyway, um, we have to um, go for our first commercial break here, but we will be back talking more about great books for the gardener with Rochelle Greer. And when we come back, we'll talk about some of the new new books that are on the market that we both like the master gardener hour will be back in just a moment quick
3: stakes that's Q-U-I-K steaks are not just for surveyors. They are great for family and community gardens. Go online to www.quickstake.com or contact your local land surveying supply dealer and get you a box of quick quicksteaks. You'll love them every year when you plant your garden. Again, that's quick stakes. Q-U-I-K steaks, the truly preferred way to stake and identify what's in your garden now.
4: Do your children know where their food comes from? At ConnectingFarmToFork.com, there's all kinds of ways to help your child understand how 300 million of us here in America stay nourished, clothed, and healthy. Activities, food facts, and farm visits help young people learn about America's hardworking farmers and have lots of fun doing it. Visit ConnectingFarmToFork.com today for a learning experience that'll really grow on you. ConnectingFarmToFork.com, brought to you by the people who care at Feedstuff's Food Link.
1: Welcome back to the Master Gardener Hour. Remember, you can catch up with us on Facebook at the Master Gardener Hour. And if you miss any shows, you can find them on the archives at americaswebradio.com. And you can find them on iTunes and you can find them on Stitches. And today we're talking with Rochelle Greyer about books for gardeners. And we spent the first segment talking a little bit generally about our books and what we like about them um, and the different sorts of books that we we have. So let's turn to some of the newer books that are on the market. Um, And I guess generally new books follow a trend in the gardening world. Uh, Do you find any trends or have you identified any trends in the last, say, five or six years that are are in the book world that maybe are, are new ideas?
2: Well, I, um, yeah, I I think there are a few, um, just looking at my own, um, collection when we started chatting about this, I, I, you know, just kind of quickly picked up on a few things. Um, one is that I think, uh, maybe it's just what I'm buying, but I, I, I have, um, a number of new books that all sort of have a, a bit of Asian influence, um, like, uh, the Kashiki bonsai book and, um. Jake Hobson's um, Milwaukee um, pruning book. Um, And I I just think that maybe we have a little bit of an infiltration of of sort of some of these uh, design ideas. Um, I mean, I think we've always had sort of this idea of Zen gardens, but I I think it's becoming a little more mainstream, potentially. Um, And then another uh, that I'm just all in on is... um, I've read just recently some really fantastic books um, that come from um, you know people like Michael Pollan and um, and uh, I'm blanking on his name, but the the book was The Third Plate. Um, I read it over the summer, and he's a chef, the chef at Stone Barns in um, I think that's in New York, um, and and talking about gardening and and you know sort of mixing in. Um, you know some of the elements of of food and flavor and 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 kind of you know making that connection in a bigger way between um not not just like square foot gardening sort of but um you know growing food as a chef might you know and and for the reasons a chef might um and i thought that i think that's an interesting trend and a really nice one um and then i see a lot of um Specialization. Like I've, I've got this snowdrops book um, and air plants and things like fruit trees in
1: small places. I mean, these are these are pretty specific books. Um, and and I think you know over over the past um, I guess decade or so, particularly with the the food um, aspect, I, I know you mentioned kind of chefs. A lot of them now have started their own gardens or or even little farms. But I'm not sure how many are actually taking care of them themselves, or, or whether it's an interaction of you know let's try growing this and and see if it will grow. I know there, w- there was one in Atlanta. That, um, something wasn't one of the good southern peas just wasn't available commercially to to restaurants and he uh-huh. wanted to to use it because he grew up with it it was in a yes. lot of the southern recipes so he actually started the garden so he could find seeds and actually grow that particular variety of pea yeah and so there was a feedback between one one said we're growing and he was doing the cooking um so you know i think one guy did the other a little bit
2: yes and then similar sort of thing um is talked about in um the third plate um he, uh, the one story that I, I just, I, I'm still kind of obsessed with. on being a, a physics major, um, it just, it, he, he had his grower. So he's the chef, the guy who was writing him was the chef, and then, and then the, the right there at the, at the facility they have the gardens, and the gardener was growing carrots. And they were trying to grow these very flavorful carrots, and they um, sort of learned that you know that there 's really a terroir to vegetables and and it really matters you know what 's in the soil um, and it will have a direct impact on um, the flavor of the food and and so they were making these measurements and tying the measurements to um, the amount of sugars and mineral uptakes and, and and they were getting quite scientific about it, and they were using spectrometers on the carrots to measure. Um, various things within the carrots and being and able to see that that was the reason why certain carrots tasted so profoundly better than other carrots. Wow! <laughs> I was just—I I mean, I, my my daughter is is in middle school and she has a science fair project, and my first thought was like, oh, let's get a spectrometer and measure carrots. <laughs> I, just, <laughs> I want to do this myself. <laughs> so it just—it was great. I couldn't. Uh, fascinated by that i i am amazed at, at how in depth you know this a chef will go for you know the the flavor and i love that i think it's i think it's sort of the next step in gardening it's not about quantity and and even just heirloom but i i really think that um you know just like wine flowers and and food you know, are a are, are product of their um, environment so tremendously. And I don't know that we, we really fully consider that sometimes. And, you know, sure. they perform so differently, taste differently. And celebrating that is, is really, I think, an interesting sort yeah. of
1: thing. And I know they used to say that Brussels sprouts, for instance, um, used to taste better after the first frost, a really hard freeze and yeah. I think I, 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 there was somebody in Ohio um, Farmer Jones, I think, I spoke to him a little while back and they were actually testing the sugars in I think it was the beets and, and those cold hardy ones and they, they were able to actually show that after one freeze and two freeze the actual sugars content was increased uh, so that, and you know that that was one of the things that he enjoyed about yeah. um, growing these different things so it, all these old, old ideas were actually pretty proven to be correct
2: which, but, uh, which was it, kind of, of cool. course yeah yes. i mean it's the same as like ice wine in germany I, my parents were german and they are and always they love ice wine you know and it but the grapes are better for the ice wine after they have been frozen on the vine that's why they call it ice wine <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah and actually being on that same topic I guess of of eating um, one of the new ones that I, I've picked up over the last year um, I think it was actually at a, at a talk Amy Stewart brought out The Drunken Botanist which is a great read about all the different um, plants that are in all those wonderful um, yeah. cocktails that, that we have everything from Artemisia which I believe is making a comeback yeah <laughs> yes <laughs> Um, so you know, I mean, there, there are so many um, different plants in all these cocktails. They didn't grow up being coming out of a, a test tube. They came out of plants, um, yes. which we tend to forget. So that was kind of a yes. fun, a fun read. And um, the, the other one that I, I picked up actually um, was uh, the Beatrix Potter's Garden by Marta Mac- McDowell. That was uh-huh. a lovely little book. Um, I don't
2: have that one, but that is one that I would love to see. I've I've heard and read so much about it, and my children, of course, you know.
1: Yeah. And, and actually it, it was, it was written beautifully. And obviously it was about her life and how the plants were involved in her life. And I guess she was somewhat of a revolutionary because she didn't marry early, uh, but she bought her a property herself and how she visualized the, the garden. Um, so it was just beautifully read. And next time I go back to England, I'm going to drag my gardening friend, um, up to Beatrix Potterland and, and actually be able to see it. Um, uh, which That's a so, great idea. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I I think um, one of the other ones that I've just recently picked up um, was Barbara Byrne, and she did The Little Green Book of Garden Wisdom. And I think you've you've probably noticed in a lot of books, you know, all these little spots of wisdom that come out. Mm -hmm. And I don't know whether you've heard of this one, but it's all all the the quotes from, I I guess, ancient Greeks through Barbara Damrosch, Penelope, Hobhouse, Beth Chateau, and all the quotes that some things that those people said, um, which is a great, e- say, it's not an easy read, but it's great for picking up and just um, looking at different quotes, which are sometimes useful in writing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, so, so what other ones have you uh, picked up, maybe, in the last, say, 18 months?
2: Um, wh- well, let's see, in the last 18 months, um, oh, gosh, Um Oh, I'm looking at my book calendar. Uh, look. Oh, you know, um, I—it's uh, not really a gardening book, although it sort of is. Um, is um, Elizabeth Gilbert's "Signature of All Things"? It's really a novel, but I—I um, I just think that every gardener will love to read this book. It is—it's—it's—it's um, it's, um, it's a novel, but the—the the main character is a botanist in the. Um, early, late 1800s and early 1900s outside of Philadelphia, and um, they're discovering all these new plants and um, and bringing, you know, them to their greenhouse, and they're kind of constantly competing with Kew Gardens for their collection, and uh, it's just... Um, it's i don't know how much of it is is actually you know based in real history i wish i don't know if it's like a you know historical fiction but um It's fascinating to think that that even a tiny fraction of it could be true.
1: (laughs) Oh, yes. And and actually, in January, um, I have a couple of fiction authors, and we're going to do a show on uh, garden fiction. And one of them is Anthony Eglin. Um, And I don't know whether you've come across him. He did The Blue Rose. Absolutely beautiful garden history in it. I mean, the first one of those, I almost felt like I wanted to take notes. (laughs) Yeah. He, he did an excellent job but that's coming up in, in January and I, I do think gar- garden fiction is kind of fun to read
2: I think so too, I've never really I, I can't say prior to this I'd ever really read anything um, and uh, was I was so surprised um, at how in depth and, and well researched this was um, I have a friend who's a botanist and, and um, he was the one who recommended it to me and um, and he uh he told me that he was just looking for the mistakes and, and 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 found none and was just you know amazed at 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 how um how accurate so many things were so um I love that. I love when a novelist takes that effort to do that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
1: and, and actually, in the in the fiction world, um, you know, I, I don't know whether you've seen Rosemary and Time, which is on PBS. Um, I think it was um, done back in the early 90s, and I don't know what the book was that, that sparked that series, but it's a whole ser- series um, of whodunits uh, with, with a, I guess she's an out-of-work out um, botanist that was dumped from the university and she pairs up with the police lady who has just become divorced because the husband ran off with somebody's, I guess, younger, <laughs> and, uh, and the two of them romp around the country to the or the Europe with these grand country houses that have uh, problems, and there's sort of the one, one or two deaths along the way. <laughs> oh,
2: that sounds! I've actually heard of this show, and I've. Um uh, is it available here in the states can you see it or oh
1: yes you can find i found it on netflix actually oh, well, uh, have to but i yeah our local pbs station runs it uh, and i don't know if the videos are available for them but that would make a great gift for uh, gardeners as well i think yeah
2: um, i'm always um, looking for um, and i've had you know limited luck finding <laughs> some of the shows that we loved in england um
1: here and available
2: here
1: Um, (laughs) oh yes yeah but you know we need to take a quick commercial break here but I want want to remind you you're listening to the Master Gardener Hour and we'll be back with more with Rochelle Greer and when we come back we'll talk about the old but can't be beaten books that you should consider for the gardener in your life we will be right back
0: this is Dr. George from Peachtree Ear, Nose and Throat Center do you have problems with sinus pain and pressure do other people smell things that you don't Have you lost the joy in eating because food just doesn't taste like it used to? Is your nose always stuffy no matter what you do? Maybe you have sinus or nasal polyps, a chronic sinus infection, or allergies that are either undertreated or have never been treated at all. At Peachtree ENT Center, we use state-of-the-art equipment so you can see the problem. You'll be a partner in your care, and together we will decide the course of treatment because we believe in old-fashioned medicine, where we take the time to fix the problem, not just medicate the symptoms. We specialize in minimally invasive balloon dilation sinus surgery, correction of a nasal septal deviation, and turbinate reduction surgery that can be done in the office getting you back to work the next day. And you can rest assured that all options will be discussed before surgery is recommended because Peachtree ENT Center is where patient care counts. If you'd like to make an appointment, call 404-591-9100 or reach us on the web at www.peachtreeentcenter.com.
4: Today's consumers find themselves faced with a greater variety of choices than ever before, both in the food they eat and the information they receive about that food. Feedstuffs Foodlink was created to provide you with a balanced source of information for making decisions about your family's balanced diet. Visit FeedstuffsFoodlink.com to learn about your food directly from the source, the people who work every day to provide it. Feedstuffsfoodlink.com connecting farm to fork.
0: This is America's WebRadio.com, the best in chat radio designed just for you.
1: Are back listening to the Master Gardener Hour and I am the host of the show, Kate Copsey and this morning we are continuing with Great Gifts for Gardeners and the discussion this morning is with books with Rochelle Greer and we talked about some of the new books on the scene and so let's start with some of the classics that should be on every bookshelf and are still available and very useful um, and I think one of my most referenced ones is Durr's Manual of Woody Plants and I know there are several editions, I think mine is six or something um so what are your favorite uh, some of your favorite go-to books
2: well um I, you know along the same lines of the der's i have um the a to z of um garden plants from um that i i used as a student in uh, when i was studying landscape design and it's it's a monster of a book <laughs> um, but i you know there's nothing that isn't in it and um it, you know uh, the unfortunate thing is 90 percent of what is in it i can't find locally but uh you know i i love to just kind of open it up and 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 learn something new every time i mean it's just a, a directory of plants and it's um it's the uh, i think it is, it's the royal horticultural Society's a to z it's fantastic so that that is one that just uh, it will never never uh be useless for me but um but i you know a couple other ones um um that i've found are really good are um the um intro to permaculture it's it's not a new book and permaculture isn't a, a new idea by any means this was published in 1979 but i have to say I, I think you know this uh it's it's really finally um ideas that maybe are starting to take hold a little bit um and and get more of um, a mainstream following, and and uh, the idea of kind of um, working with the system rather than against the system—that um, is the ecosystem that is already there. And um, I think that's um, such a useful uh, book that um, really sort of challenges. I think um, you know it's it's so different than what I learned in school. For example, as a designer, it is um, it's. Like the yin to that yang, it just um, lots of ideas for keeping things on site. Yeah, it just you know re- just recycling and being part of um, the whole um, system of the garden is. Um, yeah. a very different approach to design.
1: Yeah. And have you found, found any maybe that are on, I know there's a, a lot now on multi-level um, gardening, the integrated garden. So you've got um, flowers and um, vegetables and fruit trees and then you've got the upper story, the middle story and the ground story. Kind of that, yeah. that integrated landscape design idea. Are people wanting that now as well?
2: I, you know i don't have a lot of clients ever asking for it, but I think um well i you know and that might just be a reflection of people who are, are hiring garden designers, but I think that more people are talking about it, and people who are trying to cultivate um you know community gardens and and uh transform public spaces into being more useful are certainly exploring those ideas and uh, in greater numbers um perennial vegetables is a book that um i think is really interesting in that same vein and it's you know talking about um vegetable plants that you know unlike most that we plant as seedlings or or seeds every spring you know they come again and again and um you know a lot of them are those understory plants in the in the tiered garden
1: yeah, and, and, you know, and I, I think there are so, so many different plants that you can use in, in gardens and, and being able to integrate, great them to a pleasant look. Um, you, yeah. you don't, and you don't have to have the herbs in one garden, the vegetables in one garden, the perennials in one garden. <laughs> no. Just, and, and a lot of people frankly don't have room to do that. Um, so I, I think, you no. know, there, there are some books out there now that, uh, at least help with that side of it. Um, and I, I guess a, an, another one that I, I'm really find really useful is um jessica wallace's good bug, good bug bad bug um, I have that which, which is can, kind of waterproof and you can take it out to identify the yes. little critter
2: <laughs> yes i love that book it's it's a handy little reference isn't it
1: yes and and it's got kind of i think the 50 most common uh, bugs yes. uh, in there and and that's what you know that it really does it, it for the odd one that's maybe very different, it won't be in there, but it when when you know the fifty most common ones and the damage they do, you've gone a long way to being able to solve a lot of problems in the garden yes <laughs> yes i
2: um I remember when I was a kid, my dad used to uh capture things in our garden and we'd go down to the um you know local garden center and he'd always you know kind of have this thing sort of in his pocket or whatever, and trying to get it identified, and and that worked, um, and I, I have to say, I don't know that there's that many knowledgeable people at some of the garden centers anymore, at least not, you know, at least not the, um, you know, main ones that are maybe around here, but, uh, you know, so having a book like this is, is, is definitely a, a, a good reference um, for, you know, what once was. You know, I just remember we'd go down there with these books, And it's it's far
1: far less intimidating, I think. I mean, two two of the books that I I use occasionally, I'm I'm looking at that, and there's Diseases of Trees, um, Trees and Shrubs, and... Let me see, there's uh, insects and diseases of trees and shrubs, and they're big books, and they go through each individual tree and the things that can affect them, which is all very well. But I think when you've got something um, on a shrub, when you go to something like that, it restricts it to kind of what, what is going to be on that, that shrub, whether it be an azalea or a rhododendron or what. And I think when you go to something like a, a, the little good bugs, bad bugs, it kind of generalizes it because aphids are on everything, um, and you sometimes miss that. Yes.
2: You know, not being as knowledgeable about bugs as as I wish I could be, I always wonder, like, is it really, you you know, are they really either good or bad? I mean, can't they be sort of (laughs) somewhere in the middle? But, um, but, um, yeah, I think it's a good book nonetheless. I, I find it interesting, though, that, you know,
1: yeah and and of I course so 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 many people just tend to drop on the internet and and try and find out what what's wrong with um mm. and you know you can you can be so far wrong with that um i, I remember being on a farm market um and some, somebody call, called me over because the master gardener table was answering questions, and somebody had a, a piece of bedraggled uh, boxwood, and they said they asked me if I knew what was wrong with it, and I looked at it, and it was obviously a scab or scale or something like that. But, but this poor poor lady, I mean, she'd gone down the chemical aisle, and and she'd first of all thrown um, I think pesticides at it, and then then she'd put um, fungicides at it, and it was still it was still alive and kicking. But whatever the thing was it was still in there um and it was just a simple Well, you can just sort of use a bit of dish soap type thing horticultural <laughs> soap you know um but she she could have really used that book <laughs> because yeah. because it does stop you going down the chemical aisle and i think every big box should have one of those books handy as well i agree i yeah. agree in fact i
2: remember they used to i remember there used to be these books where you could kind of look up your bug and um in the aisle there and um it's almost like a phone book. Now that I think about it, um, you look things up and you kind of match it up, and there would be the person there helping
1: you. Do you remember this? In um, they, they used to have um, big ortho books. I think in some of them. That's what it was. I bet that's what it was—the big ortho books. Yeah. Yes,
2: I remember my dad always looking things up in the store there. That's yeah. A, yeah, interesting.
1: Yeah, but, but I almost I, forgotten yeah. that. But but I, I do do think that there are some great disease and insect things around um, that, that are worth having. Um, but but as I say that uh, Jessica's book is a small book, so that's easy to yeah. to take take around. Um, and and what about e-books? I mean, have there been there's now this big thing in um, the in- internet, and we've all got Kindles and iPhones and Lord knows what. Um, have, are you getting into the habit of maybe downloading? any e books that you enjoy?
2: Well, I've uh, not really, but um I there is one that I downloaded the other day. Um and I I just thought it was so charming. Um it and it caught my eye because it it was similar in, in at least the description. Um to some of the ideas in my own book that i that just came out um but it's um lisa orgler um she's um a designer and she has these beautiful illustrations and she has an ebook um that um was ve- it's very uh, it was very nice uh, it, i downloaded it and it was talking about theme gardens and it was um w- combined with her illustrations was just such a a, a nice way to um walk people through creating a garden based on a theme without it being sort of, um, um, i think i think i'm thinking of like you know some some tv shows where you know you you know there's a, a theme is created either in the garden or in somebody's like living room a design and it's so over the top like with the theme it you know kind of smacks you in the face and is a little bit offensive but um this is sort of this idea of you know building she goes through um if i remember right a peanut butter and jelly sandwich and she built this garden off the idea of a peanut butter and jelly sandwich and it you know it was just a way to kind of you know challenge her creativity and come up with something that was slightly different and you know you wouldn't look at it and think peanut butter and jelly sandwich but it was just a nice way to um to get your creative juices going and kind of um work to something that you love and i I think that was i love that book um yeah, but um but other than that i don't know of too many yeah. ebooks
1: yeah um and how, how about good basic design books are there any that you could recommend um if for people that are trying to do their own landscape for instance
2: well um this is going to be you know a bit of a plug but um i've written one that i think is that just came out it's called cultivating garden style which is um i um Talk about how you would take your own personal style, what, you know, as you kind of regularly, you know, display whether it's in what you choose to wear or, you know, how you decorate your home and kind of translate that into the garden and, and have a garden that is reflective of you as much as anything else that, you know, you, your personal sort of things um and so and 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 then it's also just chock full of sort of basic design advice um but there's two other ones which i also happen to help uh work on that i think are really great um and one is the garden maker's manual uh which um i rosemary alexander and richard Sneesby uh wrote but i i helped them with it um and it is a fantastic book for um kind of that just right amount of um of technical advice you know it's 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 um you know to to kind of get you through a diy project that is is maybe not the most simple you know like laying a path but doing it the right way so that it you know isn't going to like buckle up after a season or two and uh uh, putting in gates and designing things that are you know just a little harder and um so I think that's a great one and then the other one is the uh, garden design workbook also by Rosemary Alexander. It's um it's such a handy resource for um, all the basic principles of designing your garden and and it was, you know, kind of the basis of the um, study program that I studied and um it's it's just got enough of everything, I think, to get you started. So oh, I wow. think
1: that's another good one. Yeah. So so it, so it takes people so they can actually design over the winter their their own garden space, which would be a great idea. But you know, we need to take our final commercial break here. Sure. Um, but come back, everyone, and listen to more about all the books that uh, might be might be good for you to buy for your loved one or mm-hmm. whatever for Christmas. We will be right back.
3: Quick stakes. That's.
2: Certification. Do you know why becoming a certified healthcare consumerism specialist is more important than ever in 2014? Adding this specialized designation to your credentials tells employers or your clients that you understand how much our industry has changed and how to navigate that change successfully. IHC University's certification program offers coursework both online and live at their biannual forum conference series, and testing is completed online. Reaffirm your position as a leader in the health and benefit management industry. Download our certification overview and learn more at www.theihcc.com. That's www.theihcc.com. This is
0: America's WebRadio.com, the best in chat radio designed just for you.
1: hope you're enjoying the Master Gardener Hour this morning. We have been talking about great garden gifts for yourself and gardening friends, and we are focusing on books as gift with Rochelle Greer. And we should mention, um, Rochelle, that you, you've also got a book. Uh, we mentioned it just briefly in the last segment, um, coming out by, with Timber Press, and uh, that that was about um, how to how to design a garden. Is that right?
2: Yes, it's um, it's called Cultivating Garden Style, and it's. Um, it's chock full of images. It's very inspirational. Um, uh, there's well over a thousand uh, pictures in the book. Oh, uh, wow. But it, it, <laughs> it, um, <laughs> it was quite a project, but, um, but it walks, it has 23 different chapters and each chapter um, is a different style. And, and, um, and these styles are some of them sort of based in, in sort of traditional styles like um, Zen or cottage or uh, things like that. Um, Styles that we sort of think of traditionally for gardens, but but all of them are um, sort of modern twists on that for modern living. And and basically each chapter sort of walks you through, you know, what that style is, and and then sort of breaks it down from the from the design point of view. You know, sort of the main design ideas behind it, and um, then um, also uh, talks about um, different. Uh, Furniture and uh, accessories and and things that you might, you know, buy, you know, even fabric that, that would kind of help you create that look and the plants. And um, and then each one has a is a is a whole spread of a garden that is designed in that style. And then um, and then each chapter has sort of this um, either basic very practical advice for you know building gardens or mm-hmm. or a DIY project that kind of. Uh,
1: um, are the plants in the book um, basically able to be used kind of almost anywhere within the continent, um, or are they primarily for the Northeast or the Zone Five and Six, which I call call the grows almost everything zones.
2: Yeah, well, it's really, it's more talking about, um, uh, like, styles of plants. So, um, it, it um, you know, so, for example, there's a chapter in the book called um, Tropical Noir, and it's sort of, it's, it does talk about some specific plants in the plant section, but um, in trying to be very universal, it really is talking about, you know, uh, for example, in a tropical garden, one of the things you might, you know, do to get that look, even though you maybe aren't in the tropics, is is plant things with big leaves. Um at, because those big leafed plants sort of have a tropical look so you know if you were in the north you, maybe you might plant um, you know canas or uh, or
1: um, the, the elephant in the type or, things. or yeah.
2: something like that yeah. and so it, it kind of gives a vast range uh, whereas you know if you were in Florida you know the choice of big leaf plants might be more easy yeah. <laughs> so yeah. so it, it it definitely it talks about a huge range and, and it really kind of it's meant to give you more of a direction of oh well you know um this kind of thing, you know, where it's something you could go to either a designer or a garden center and say, you know, I'm looking for a plant that has these sort of characteristics, um, and and that would, you know, kind of point you in the direction of what might be oh, interesting.
1: Yeah, for this that sounds, sounds like thing. a great idea. Um, and um, I know you're involved with something called Pith and Vigor. Is that an e magazine, or is that just on um, your website, or what? What exactly is that? It is a it
2: is a Flesh and Blood newspaper, um, and also a, a digital. It has a digital element. Um, I um, I launched this newspaper um, with a Indiegogo campaign, which is much like Kickstarter's crowdfunding um, over the summer, and um, we had tremendous support. We raised you know nearly fifty percent more money than we needed to to Ooh, launch. Very good. Um, and um, so, you know, basically you can subscribe, and, and all of the, um, you know, initial funders, that's what they were doing was uh, early subscriptions. Um, but you just subscribe, and you get, it's a quarterly newspaper, but it's beautiful. It's um, it's full color. It's really very interestingly designed. It, it's, you know, it takes kind of the notion of a newspaper and sort of turns it on its head a little bit and, and makes it, you know, very designy-looking. Um Lots of color and imagery, and um, but the really big and interesting idea is is that over time um, we we want to localize it increasingly. So the uh, the the inaugural issue came out in October. The next one's coming out in February. Uh, but as we grow, we would like to have um, issues quarterly that come out. Not just for our region or my region, which is New England, but other regions, and so all of the stories really are 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 meant to be sort of um, very focused on local artisans, local gardening um, people and growers and practices and plants and and um you know what what we hope to accomplish with this is uh, sort a, of a, 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 the ability to solidify sort of gardening communities in, in local regions and, and bring them together in, in the same way that, you know, some of the food publications that celebrate local food have sort of been able to do that for the, um, you know, eat local sort of movement. Um, so that's that's the idea. So a subscription, though, so there is a digital element. A subscription will get you your local version or or the only version as it is now, but as we localize, it'll get you your local version, but it also gets you access digitally to the content in any other versions Uh-oh. that um, we're publishing. So, so yeah, it's kind of this hybrid sort of um, concept, and as we grow, um, we're excited for what that is, I mean, it's definitely a different idea uh, and they, they model.
1: Can, they so. can sign, sign up with, to for that at your webpage, right? Yes, pithandvigor.com dot com, all spelled
2: out: p i t h a n d v i g o r. dot com. And there's some subscribe buttons right there, and you can subscribe right online, and we'll send you out the first copy um, right away. And then the next copy comes out in February, so it comes out every quarter.
1: So, and, um, and so somebody could use that as a gift membership for, for some somebody, one of their gardening friends? They could sign up a friend for it?
2: Absolutely. We have a gift button there. And, um, yeah, the way the gift thing works is if you click the gift box, um, it will send you a code. And, and then you can give that code um, to your friend. And then they can go on and they create their account and it's already prepaid by you. So, yes, that's a, it's a great gift, oh. as is the book, for that matter. <laughs> um, both of them, great gifts for
1: the holidays yeah um, and, and uh, as i say you you are a basic um de- you're, you're a designer of gardens um are you available maybe for for clients if they, if somebody wanted to um contact you is do you go further than just new england on your design do you go across the globe so to speak i do um
2: I, i've done i've done gardens kind of in many countries actually but um yeah, I, I, I think um, the right project at the right time. Um, at this point, I, I am doing a book tour um, of sorts throughout the spring, so I, I've got to be careful not to take on too much. But, um, but yes, I absolutely um, take on new clients for design work, either here in New England or
1: wherever. Yeah, and, and what, what about um, talks and things in the, in the area? Do you do those as well? I do. I do and um and yeah, part of this
2: tour I'll be at the various um a lot of the big shows, the Seattle uh Garden Show and um I'll be at Epcot in um April at the Epcot Flower Show and um Boston and Philadelphia and uh the Garden Bloggers Conference and um Wow. We're working on a few other ones. So I've got quite a full spring ahead of me of traveling around the
1: country. <laughs> and, and, and are these mainly open to the public, and are they listed on your, your webpage um, that, so people could find it?
2: Yes, most all of them are open to the public. Um, you know, they're they're part of garden shows, most of them. Um, so, yeah, anybody can come. Um, and, they yes, they will be. Um, on my, my author webpage is Rochelle Greer. Dot .com um, so my name spelled a little funny but it's r o c h e l l e g r e a y e r um dot .com and um, down at the bottom is a little calendar of events so um um there you know is kind of constant information about what's coming next so oh, uh, as far as
1: talks. yeah um, and so, so they'll be able to find, find where, whereabouts you you're going, going to be. And I guess just to, we've got um, maybe two minutes left um, because this has gone really quickly. If you were to say maybe the five uh, basic books that everybody should have, um, what, what would you say they, they ought to be?
2: Yeah, um, I, I would say, if yes, you should always have a book about gardening where you live, you know, your region, whatever that is, something local. You should always have a book about growing food, unless, of course, you don't want to grow food, but at least one specifically food-growing book. I think you should always have a book about color. Um, I, you know, I have a favorite, The Gardener's Book of Color, um, where you can kind of mix and match and experiment with putting different kinds of um, plants and colors and textures together. A good design book is essential. Um, And then I would say uh, a good book about bugs and pests and disease. Uh Um, A good plant encyclopedia. And then you need, of course, some inspiration books. Um, And I think that's all you really, you know... Need yeah. to, to to hit the ground
1: running for your own garden, and I, I was just just thinking. I, I think I can almost cover most of those. Um, I know I've got got one on um, New Jersey New Jersey Grow, and I have square foot gardening quite a lot on veggies. Um, my my colour book, uh, yours I noticed was um, Octopus, which was from England. Mine also yeah. was from England. Uh, it's called uh, the Colour Garden. It was Michael. Malcolm Hilliard, um, and that one's probably out of print too. But it's got it gives the color wheel and things like that. So does
2: mine. Mine actually has, if you can find it, it's the Conrad Octopus book of, and it is it's it's this really fantastic layout where they it's spiral bound, and and the book instead of having whole pages, each page is is it's not really a page. It's they're cut into thirds. So you can have the top third of the book flip to something and then the middle third to something else and then the bottom third to something else. So it's sort of like this uh, paint chip sort of thing where you can sort of mix and match. And it's got all these plants in it. And it's.
1: It, it sounds, sounds like they might be the same book in, under different different publishers. <laughs> oh, maybe uh, I don't know. Well, that's possible. Yeah, and I don't know. And I know we, we talked about the good book, bad, bad book, which I've got, and I've got we a couple did. of encyclopedias. I'm not sure about um, the inspirational ones, um, except I like the historic ones. maybe that's part would um, may, maybe cover that um, i think
2: I think yes. there's so many designers particularly who have um, beautiful books of their work i mean if you if you sort of you know um, you know, have a, a, a fan of somebody. I, I know I have like a beautiful Arabella Lennox Boyd book and uh, Peter Fudge book, and um, there used to be this series called Ten Landscapes that uh, looked at the work of lots of um, very talented landscape architects. And yeah. I mean, there's so many to choose from. Different designers have their work yeah. featured.
1: Yeah. Oh, well, I, I think that's kind, kind of at the end of the, the show, Rochelle, but it's been great having you here. Um, and, uh, you know, I've enjoyed talking it, and I, I think books are so essential for gardens uh, and gardeners. Um, and everyone, thank you for listening to the Master Gardener Hour, and we will be back next week talking all about gardens. And have a good gardening week, everyone.
0: This is America's Webradio.com, the best in chat radio designed just for you.